last night. A vision. I saw a world full of people. Everybody was dancing and screaming loud. They were just there to listen to the music. It was deep. It was underground. Let's turn the world into a dance floor. Hey, what's up? My name is Ruben Ronde. Welcome to a brand new State of Trance podcast with this week's special guest from the UK, GXD. Hello. How are you guys Hello. doing? Yeah, great. After that, that was good fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for a great guest mix, of course, in the show. Thank if you, you haven't, please check it out on Spotify and YouTube. It's everywhere to be uh, there to be found. I have a couple of questions for you for myself, also from Nina, our new sidekick, uh, and a couple of uh, fan questions as well. So I hope you're ready for that. Sounds good. But first, we always start with the very beginning. Why did you start making music or why did you become a DJ? That's always an essential. There's a pivotal moment in your life that you're like, hey, I want to do this. Let's start with daily. So for me, it was more... I grew up in a very musical household. Nobody was classically trained or anything, but there was there was a lot of music always being played, soul and disco and Motown and a lot of rock bands. I've got a twin brother, mm-hmm. and he was very much on the heavy metal band side. Um, but growing up through school, I was into happy hardcore, as it was back then. Yeah. Um, and then we did the Glastonbury thing and the Reading Festival thing, and then I had some friends, and they took us to Slinky at the Opera House. When oh, I was... Okay. 17, maybe just turned 18, so back in 99, when obviously trance was the mainstream music, I mm-hmm. guess, back then. And it was um, the only dance music, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I just um, never forget walking into that environment where everybody was obviously very friendly and having a good time. And before mobile phones, internet, um, you had to go back the following week and the week after the week after to obviously hear those tracks being played. Yeah, you're always like looking over the shoulder of the DJ, of the DJ like, what are you playing? <laughs> yeah, Always had stickers on the vinyls because you, no one wants to see or you know you didn't want to share any tunes that you were playing. Yeah, At least just, that's what I did. What about yourself? Uh, well, for me, um, I'm a little bit younger than Daly, so Slinky wasn't <laughs> a you. thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I went to see Tiesto at uh, Victoria Park in 2009 and uh, there was a a young guy who was opening the stage and uh, at the time he was under the name Tim Burke. Oh, wow, Avicii. Yeah, yeah there was about 100 people watching him. That's it. Like, there was, the the crowd was tiny. Um, and yeah, sort of fell in love with his sound, um, researched him and then all of a sudden next year he's Avicii and all these massive songs are coming out and yeah, I I started out more in sort of the EDM kind of side I would say and when you were when you did, uh, when you heard Tim play you were like hey I want to do this too yeah yeah that's when you start making music or that was the, the moment that you started DJing uh, yeah we're, I mean we're both DJs first yeah and um, I kind of I went to Tomorrowland in 2010 maybe the following year mm-hmm. um, and that was when I was like right if I need to be up there I've got yeah. to make the music that's true yeah it's gone are the days of just people being DJs. That, that, that doesn't really happen anymore, does it? Well, I guess you have a lot of residents, we'll get to your residency later also, yeah. that still get away with it, but if you want to be touring, then it's impossible yeah, to... 100%. Yeah, So what was the moment that you were um, exploring the world of producing music, besides that you were DJing, obviously? 
For me, the whole DJ thing came first and actually very late on, my wife brought me a present for a lesson when I was like 32. Yeah. So I started very late and um, it just coincided actually with a time when I was going through some dark times um, with my son at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, not at the time, he's my son, but that was when it started to unfold with a story that um, for another time. But um, And then it was like a real bit cheesy, I know, but kind of a place where you went to escape and it was, yeah. And I, so I fell in love with that. And like everything I do, I started it and wanted to progress and progress and get better and yeah. better. And That's a hard moment to start making music, I guess. Yeah. Because you start making music and the first thing you do is just put your, like your dark or, you know, emotions in there. It's a bit of a rougher start than starting like, hey, I, I want to be an EDM DJ. I just want to make some tunes that bang on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> But it was all a bit of a release, you know, whenever we played at the yeah. Ministry of Sound, it was a release. And then um, I actually met Matt at Creamfields, who was way further on on the production side. And yeah, that day at Creamfields was where it began for GXD. Yeah. We didn't know it at the time, obviously. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, but I'm wondering, like, because you started making music by yourself, first of all, and then you you met each other on Creamfields through friends, or how did how did that just come on about? the dance floor? On the dance floor, You're literally just in the in the middle of You're like hey, one what's of the up? Tents. I think hey, a real, real tent, yeah, real <laughs> tent. Maybe Thomas Gold was playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just got chatting, and that was kind of it. We then started playing some shows together, um, and from there, I I brought Daly a, a baseline and said, look. I want to try and get some vocals on this. Do you want to jump in and we'll we'll uh, try and work on it together? That's probably the first time I ever heard a DJ duo that came about on the dance floor of the festival. Because most of the times, especially Creamfields, I love the festival, but people are just lost, you know? It, it was early if, on in the day. If you could have a conversation, <laughs> in, you can't have a conversation with anyone there because they're just, well, first of all, they're vibing a lot. And then, but you... Met each other on the dance floor. That's that's actually that's actually awesome. Yeah, so I was playing at the Ministry of Sound by then, and Matt hadn't got in there, so it was like an introduction. And uh, so we decided to do some back-to-back -back sets, and that was when we decided. Well, we knew we found that. So you were already resident at the Ministry of Sound oh, no, by yourself, not at all. in the back rooms, in the small rooms. It was which uh, which artist name did you play on there? Daylight, which is where Daylight. the D comes from, and, okay. and Matt was Golo, which is where the G comes from. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Because that was one of the questions that I had line up for later on because Matt Daly, normally there's a, you know, something in there that the DJ name makes sense, but GXD, I was like, where did you guys, well, now it makes sense. Yeah. Golo X Daylight yeah. turned into GXD. Okay. And so we knew that our sound was similar in what we liked. It was all, we used to play very much main stage EDM into trance mm -hmm. type sets back to back. And, um, and then really my production trip, if you like, started then because then Matt was already further advanced along that route. And Which year, year was this? It would have been five years ago. Uh, yeah. The year before. Yeah, 2017. Okay, okay. And then, um, yeah, I very much learned on the job with Matt. And it only took a year before you first, you had your very first release then as GXD. <sighs> yeah, as, as GXD. I mean, we actually pitched it not as GXD and it was going to be like a, a Golo X Daylight and then we thought, nah, we'll... we'll uh, We'll create a new brand together because mm -hmm. um, it just makes more sense. Wasn't that a scary moment that you gave up your own, let's say, identity to start something together? We wasn't exactly huge at that point. Yeah, but still. It was okay. <laughs> no, yeah, but no. still, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's almost like a marriage, like, because, you know, it could be very, like, because you have to give up your own sound, basically. Mm. So you fuse something together 
you don't have your own thing anymore. You sure. just there's lots of pluses and minuses, but not many mi- well, uh, minuses actually. More it turned pluses. out great for you guys. Yeah, of more pluses. Um, when you're playing for that hour, you kind of probably both. This is not talking out of turn. You probably want to do that part on your own. Yeah, but, but we have great fun together. Yeah, doing I think it. we bounce but off each other very all well. All the other parts of the DJ producer thing, it's lovely to share it, and I yeah. wouldn't want it any other way. When I look at duo, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm jealous. Like when you see Cosmic Gate, they have so much fun together also in the, in the in the booth. And on the, on the other side, I don't feel really sorry for them because they're traveling all the time together also. Yeah. They probably have fights. Like, no, I want to use this snare. No, you want to use this snare. <laughs> so uh, how we do you solve snares. any like disagreements between you guys? I don't think we really uh, have yeah, any, to be honest. You um, never had a fallout? Not, not the. We want some juice here. Come on, guys. The thing is, we um we were forming a friendship at the same time as forming a duo, right? Yeah. So there was things along the way where maybe you know you have to learn to navigate each other's personalities, mm-hmm. um, and moods and WhatsApp messages bouncing back and forth are never the best way of communication sometimes, right? Yeah. So, but we learned early on about that, and and uh, now we just yeah work fine. Yeah. Well, it turned, well, it's it's working out great, I think. Uh, 2018, you already said you had your first release, A Dream, which became future favorite on the state of trends mm. straight away. First release, future favorite. I don't know how you guys did that, but good we job. We spammed everyone. And <laughs> we, everyone to guys vote. <laughs> WhatsApp groups. Is, yeah. We were so naive as well, because we honestly, we thought that was it. We made it. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> One release, future favorite. The okay, shows were, were coming. Where were the shows? They were all going to pour in at that point. And then little did we know. I wondered if we would have began this journey if we knew how much you had to do to get us. <laughs> well, I sometimes think the same thing, to be honest. <laughs> now, so do you still remember the, the process of putting together a dream? Uh, yeah. Because it was the first release. And yeah. I, I remember my first release that, well, to be honest, I kind of feel embarrassed about those releases right now. I don't want to talk about it. But do you still uh, remember putting that track together and finishing yeah. it? So um, we actually started, like I said, just with a baseline. Um and I was living with my parents at the time mm-hmm. and Daly came down and we were literally just sitting on my bed and my, my studio as such was in a fireplace um, <laughs> with speak- what? Yeah. My, <laughs> my computer was in a fireplace yeah. I, the fireplace didn't work but, um, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, with the speakers just pointing to the bed and uh yeah, we we kind of tried to build a track from from that baseline and reached out to LV and she wrote the lyrics on a. a we kind of sent her a uh, a brief on what we wanted. It was at the time of the the London and Manchester bombings and terrorist attacks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we just sent her a brief of of how we wanted it to sound, and she came back, wrote unbelievable. Uh, lyrics. Shout out to Elfie. Yeah, amazing writer, out. amazing singer as well. So yeah. we knew of her from obviously from the EDM tracks that we used to play yeah. at the ministry and um, still can't believe that some big, bigger trance act hasn't picked her up. But yeah, we had a, I feel like we, have a bit of a, we had a bit of a niche there for a while, obviously, because Voices was future favourite as well, which was the next one. And then Sale, which is by far our biggest stream track. Mm-hmm. And then Best of You as well, obviously on a state of trance, which we well, she put the lyrics together for that amazingly, didn't we? After yeah. her brief about COVID and all that lockdown time. Yeah. And um, yeah, we love working with her. And when you uh, jump back, I'm going to jump back to a dream because yeah, sure. that was your first release and it also became the, the, the title of your radio show as well, yeah. your podcast. Yeah. What can you tell about the podcast? 
Well, I Bailey's the, the brains behind that, really. He spends most of the time on, on the podcast. I love playing music, so I love it. All the new all the new promos come in and each each week and yeah, I just enjoy it. So do it at home and uh, I mix it live. I don't like to do it on a screen, so. Oh, you do it on, you, it's yeah, like I, a yeah. proper DJ mix. Yeah, yeah, I've got a nice little, little set up at home, so. And that's my, yeah, again, going back to the original point, that's my little release. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, you don't play shows every week. That's true, yeah. <laughs> and it, and I, yeah, well, not not always either, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, well, I think it's that's that's cool because most of the people just throw together an Ableton mix and, you know, here guys, here's a mix, enjoy it. Is that also sort of a homework that you do every week? Because yeah. you said it the, before that first you're a DJ at heart, so you want to do, you want to be a DJ. Yeah, I love it, yeah. Is that the reason why you make the radio show? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it keeps you current as, as, as well. So when you do get shows like at the ministry, we could be closing from five till six or open from 11 till 12 or anything mm-hmm. in between. So it keeps you up to date with... Diverse, more diverse types yeah. of music to play at different times of the night, right? I think you'd miss a lot of it if you didn't do it, I feel like. Yeah. Well, we're doing it here as well, so. Yeah. yeah. Is there, a, is there a, side note, is there a tune that you think like, we missed on a state of trance maybe, that you're like, hey, this is a weapon that I play on my radio show or in your sets? From us or from anyone? Well, let's, let's start with you, Matt. Oh, that's a big question. Thank you. Um, you didn't play Connected. Yeah. No, there you go. Well, Andrew, Andrew did. Andrew he played did. his his version. Um, yeah, it's a big question. Such a big vocal, that? though. That was one. It, did, we didn't play it on the state of trance. No. no. I'm sorry. No problem. You played a lot of them. That's a big tune, one. to be honest. <laughs> I, I've, because I, I knew it. So I have heard it before. Maybe I played it myself on my radio show. I don't know. Yeah. It's a big tune. No, but thankfully, you've supported a lot of them. So thank you. We're very happy. I always say it's not, you don't have to thank us, you have to thank yourself for making the music. We're just, you know, we're just an outlet. That's that's it, I think. A good outlet though. That brings <laughs> in, outlet. Brings in an audience for us. No, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well you, uh, you mentioned already uh, that you are residents now of Ministry of Sound. Um, how did that come about? Because Ministry of Sound is, I think, well, if you have legendary clubs in the world, it has to be in the top three or even number one. We've been we've been networking amongst the people at the Ministry of Sound for five years. As I say, that was the first place that ever played in the smaller rooms, and we must have played there nearly every month. Back I love in the, the one day. or three one or three room. Yeah, yeah but even the one. smaller ones, you've probably never even been in. No, <laughs> there's, a, there's one called the Baby Box. There's the Baby Box. The Baby Box. Yeah, yeah. and it is. Where is it? It's right at the back under the when you know when you walk in and you go up the stairs. Yeah, if you keep on going under the stairs, right to the back corner. Um, there's a little dungeon there. Oh. Um, <laughs> It must be fun to play though. Isn't it a bit, a it bit obscure? On, it depends on the time. If you're yeah. like early on, then it's good. Yeah, we used to, in the, in the 103, they used to be just playing house and we would be playing on the EDM nights. So we would play EDM and everyone wanted that kind of music. So mm-hmm. everyone would be in there pre-12.30. And then, uh, and then yeah. Because the, the, Okay, this is what happens. So 103 <laughs> opens at, I think, 9, 8 or some... It's quite early no, already. No, it's 11 now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 11 now. It might now. have been earlier before, but it's And then 11. the main room, this is something that you have to experience. Well, not on the 103 side, but on the in the box side. Yeah. When you play the box, you've played as first DJ, you're like, hey, I want to start my set, but there's no one here. Literally no one. It feels so awkward. So you have to, in your mind, you're already... You're already, you know, thinking about different tunes to play. You want to be, play a little bit more progressive because there's no one on the dance floor. Doors open, filled up. Yeah. Like, what happened here? First transition, you look down <laughs> yeah. and then you look back up and you're like, oh, 
There's so many people here now. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably still our best show, actually, when we opened for Cosmic Gate. Yeah. And you, as you say, you look up and it's just packed. I love the ministry. The only thing that I miss right now is that there used to be like a like 20 CDJs next to each other. I don't know why there were so many. I think that they took away those now, right? Yeah, or they are they back have, already? Uh, they have one set. It depends if there's like another DJ that maybe wants to play on a slightly different setup, yeah. maybe an older setup or even a new setup, the Denons or something, then they'll put eight across. But no, it tends to just be... It used to be like a like a big cockpit. It was yeah. insane. But Ministry of Sound. So you made even a track, a tribute, because what is so magical about the Ministry of Sound that you made the song The Box which is your new single that came out well this week yeah I mean so that was what is so magical formed, about when we formed being local to London um, we had two goals actually two dreams if you like mm-hmm. uh, one was to play in the main room at the Ministry of Sound and the other one was to do this really? yeah <laughs> so okay. fast forward five years and new goals need to be set so yeah you're also going to make a tune called The Studio The Studio <laughs> ASOT studio. <laughs> yeah. But we have to premiere it here. Yeah. yeah. We, we we played it for the first the Well, you played an ID, time. so maybe you can rename it. But yeah, but the, but, but the box was definitely, as I said earlier on, one of the fastest free flowing tracks we've ever we've ever we've ever, ever ever made, actually. Just one of them great days where in three hours <laughs> you had the basis of the track. So uh, Was that after you played the box or was it with the box in mind, with we'd, Ministry of Mind that you made it? We played the box uh, once. And then and we then had the was, Marcus show coming up, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, Marcus show and we kind of, we, we, we had the idea of it being a, a Cold Harbor track anyway. And the perfect time to play it for the first time was following on from Marcus. I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes you need to have the I would say a pressure or you have to look forward to a certain show to just sit down and be like, hey, I need to finish this now if I want to play this yeah. at this gig. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's maybe why it went so fast, right? Uh, Could be. Potentially. I mean, yeah, we, I'm just, I'm just, just making up. So the daily comes down and uh, sits in the studio and sometimes we're there and just nothing happens. And it's a four-hour round trip as well. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, we're not close, unfortunately. So a lot of, we, we do a lot over Zoom and WhatsApp video and things like that, but... Every at least twice a month or every, once a month at least, I need to go down and he hasn't got kids yet, so I always <laughs> go to free. his house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just have some beers. For the escape. Look at the computer and, and the uh, fireplace. Yeah, <laughs> and some days, like you know, some days, and especially when you're f- sort of almost forcing that session to be the one, right? It can sometimes not do great. It just doesn't work, does it? Sometimes, sometimes it flows. Sail was another one actually that was. Really, really free quick. flowing, wasn't it? So, what do you do if if creativity doesn't hit you? Uh, we make some mashups. We call okay. them X ups, um, <laughs> the GXD X up. Okay, um, and see whether any sort of inspiration comes from that because then we we play those in our shows anyway. So it's good content for for our shows. Um, but yeah, if it's not flowing, that's kind of it. <laughs> and then we maybe go back to it and see whether we've had any ideas from do you know what that melody and that tracks that we've just mashed up sound good yeah so let's try and think about something like that and yeah. see if it flows but what's normally the dynamic in in your corp- uh, corporation or your collaborations what uh, who does who in general matt's definitely the lead he sits in the big chair <laughs> yeah and uh i use my years of wisdom and dance floor experience <laughs> for um inputting on feedback to him which in the beginning actually that was probably the part i found 
the challenging part mm -hmm. because you'd see him obviously sitting there crafting something, thinking it's amazing. And you're sitting there you're thinking, like, oh, yeah. how, do, how, do I tell, how do I tell him I'm not feeling this I one? Break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously going back five, five, uh, five years as well, um, like there wasn't as much of the production coming out, but then obviously over to, so it meant a lot more, I guess, as well. So then it was even harder to say that, no, I don't know. But then in more recent times, he rolls with it a lot better now. I can take it when, I can uh, take it a lot better <laughs> when, when, when it's not quite right, I can take it. <laughs> was there ever a moment that, that he was saying something and you were like, ah, at the start, 100%. we're going to stick, we're going to stick to it. hundred percent. But then I think we, we, we always worked around it. Yeah. I think also that because you've been DJing such a long time, you have a lot of input that you normally wouldn't have, right? So Yeah, right. And just being, I, uh, it was every week I was out at the club into trance. Mm -hmm. Old boy back in the day. I mean, so it um, works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it works. And um, I think he appreciates it when I'm down there. I think it works better as well because you can kind of push each other a bit more. Yeah, Otherwise, I sometimes prefer... he would make something and probably just can it in yeah. for the week. No, I way <laughs> prefer working with somebody. Like, I, I, I'm happy sitting by myself, but... If it's not quite working, I will can it and go to something else. That's smart. But, yeah. but but daily rules help me like yeah persevere through it and make sure that we get where we want to be. That's one of those things I'm also sometimes jealous at because I sit in the studio by myself, and then if you have an off day, you really yeah. have an off day. And sometimes you have to realize, okay, I need to stop right now. But if you're together, you can lift each other up. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you you would bring in an idea that yeah, Matt could 100%. use, or the other way around. Yeah. I like that. What is the what is the best part and the worst part of being a duo? I think the the the, the best part is just making being able, like we said earlier on, being able to bounce off each other, mm -hmm. yeah, especially when we're DJing. Um, I like to think we bring quite a lot of energy, yeah, and I think that definitely comes from being together. Yeah, you know, it's very easy when you're by yourself just to get a little bit lost and. Just, just be there. Whereas together, we um, we're more than just there. Yeah. And the worst part, eating all the junk food that Matt likes to eat in the studio. <laughs> I'm healthy now, man. Come on. <laughs> we're from the UK, so it's probably Nando's, isn't it? <laughs> Disgusting. Anyways, I have you some questions. Like no, I don't like Nando's. It's so dry, man. Wow. I, well, maybe I had a first impression that wasn't so good. I went to a Nando's in I think it was has to be they're probably everywhere. Glasgow, they're something everywhere. like that. So I went to Nando's and I was like, everybody's raving about it. A, a common friend, Ben Gold, was also saying, yeah. you have to go to Nando's, man. It's so good. I went there. I ordered a sandwich. And I was like, ha ha, here we go. My first bite, the, the chicken was so dry. I was like, come on. This was supposed to be brilliant and now it's so bad. So ever since that moment, I never had Nando's again. So maybe <laughs> you have a different experience than I have. He's Probably. a pizza boy. He loves pizzas. I do love pizza. <laughs> oh, me too. Basic. <laughs> he thinks it's too basic. Poor not man's fan. food, apparently. Yeah, so, main question: uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Yes, hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> it's the only thing that deserves to go on pizza. I the love it. Thing. All the Italians are rolling their grave oh, right now. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. So they tuned out now. So no more Italians right now. <laughs> hey, I have uh, a couple of questions left from uh, from uh, uh, Instagram. First one: Alice Salon wants to know uh, when you first. Release came about. Tell us about how to uh, how it came about. Well, I guess it's a dream. So we already asked that. So we're gonna turn it around a little bit. And a dream. What was the follow up of a dream? The next one was the remix for Sam Laxton. Yeah, Thunderstorm. Thunderstorm. Um, yeah, because we released our first track on Ava. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we hadn't didn't really have a follow up mm-hmm. uh, lined up. So because we were going to crack it after one release, yeah, right? yeah you were done. <laughs> yeah. Since Asia yeah. main stage, <laughs> exactly. you know, bring on. <laughs> it was like, oh no, we've got to make another one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ben Somner, he was like, look, uh, here's a couple of vocals. Which ones do you like? Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam's track was the one that we were sort of feeling the most. And yeah, that was it. We sort of made the track from there. And then... That's where your relationship started with Ava as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when you make a tune, how do you decide which label you're going to gonna pick it's gonna be because you release on Ava uh, Cold Harbor State of Trends in the beginning it was Ava and Ava and we thought we'd build the brand and it, you know we met a lot of them at ADE as well we met Somner and Sheridan and Andy. Sam and Andy played a dream Andy mm-hmm. yeah and so I guess just to keep on growing a brand because we were nobodies obviously and you have to get a bit of a identity I suppose and then um, I thought we just wanted to probably reach out and then we did a remix of Damaged on a State of Trance Mm-hmm. Was the next one away from? That it, was the first it? one out yeah. of Ava. Yeah, was was the remix. Then we went back to Ava for a few. Then they sought for three, and then know. to Cold Harbor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then to Cold Harbor, where we seem to have. Um, well, now to be honest, it's a fifty-fifty probably, isn't it, with yeah. Ava and Cold Harbor? Cold Harbor. How do you decide who's going to release which track? Is it the, the sound there to you? Yeah. Or? yeah, I think it depends on on the track and. The energy, I think each each uh, label has a slightly different energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it depends on the energy of the track, where it fits. Is it something that you decide on beforehand when you go into the studio? Like, I want to, today we're going to make something more Ava vibe or today we're going to make something more State of Trends vibe? Yeah, we try to. Yeah, we try to go into the studio with a goal of where we want it to, to be, yeah. wherever it ends up there. So the idea that we played earlier on, um, it's quite a dark... Undertone, so it's more cold harbor, more cold harbor, right? Uh, Obviously, so uh, yeah, that was that was the goal with that one, for example. I think you succeeded there over there. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, next one from Elena Sixty Nine. Luca always has great questions. Thank you, Elena. When are you going to release an album? Never, no, never. No, Why not? Uh, I think just sitting down in the studio and putting yourself there and not putting anything out for so long because does it have to be like that? I, because we've both got full-time jobs, um, we're not full-time um, DJs, mm-hmm. producers. Uh, the the time in the studio is probably a little bit more limited than we would probably want. If but we were, you could also you could also just just thinking out loud. You can also just take all the tracks that you released on Ava for for example so far, add another one, and you have an album basically. Yeah, but that's cheating. No, it's not cheating. It's <laughs> it's a it's a showcase of your talent of your of yeah, your. That's music. a bit different, then, isn't it? That would be like a compilation rather than an album. Is it? Do you not think? Like if we're I going on back catalogs, I think that's I don't know. You more tell me a, a compilation than an album. I think when when you listen to people's albums, there's like a journey, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense to to have that continuity from track to track in an album. Mm-hmm. Whereas our style has kind of progressed a little bit as we've moved on through our journey so if we were to take a dream and then we think about give me life they're 130 and 138 and they're completely different sounds that's true but it's also diverse like an album yeah <laughs> but again like in terms of how you've mixed the the tracks they're they're mixed different in yeah, your true. album i guess you you have that continuity and mixing so for mastering. now it's just going to be singles yeah yeah. Well, of course, uh, 
That's your own. That's our industry a little bit, though, isn't it? It well. is, but I always, I'm, because I'm debating it myself as well. Because mm. I think right now I'm, I'm going to release an album because I think you should. there are certain tunes on there that you would not release as a single, but still love it yourself. But it's not, how would you put it? Not strong enough for a single, but mm. still strong enough for yourself that you think I want to showcase sure. this to the rest of the world. And also, on the marketing side of things, you have something to tour with. You can present it to a promoter. Hey guys, I have an album tour coming up, a new album. Mm. Look at this flyer, you know, we can share this with the rest of the world and you have something to tour with. I think our goal is to get more shows outside of the UK mm -hmm. and grow a brand a little bit more outside of London and the Ministry of Sound. Um, and then maybe once that's a little bit more established, then we can do one. Sounds good. <laughs> Not quite, yeah. So let's, let's start a fight because jobs. now we have one yes and one no on the <laughs> Not album. Not quite, so. yeah. I think we'd have to get to the stage where, where I'm... Yeah, not doing my full time job. Yeah, and then I can sit in the studio for yeah. Time is limited. Twenty four hours. Yeah, a day. I've run a business as well, and I've got two kids and a wife, and yeah, <laughs> you know, come on, priorities. Come on, and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And a cat. <laughs> Trust me, the cats like this is as important as me. I can assure you. I I can agree. I have two of them. <laughs> They are amazing. Um, yeah, well, that's it. Thank you so much for answering all these questions. Is there anything else you want to share with uh, with everyone from the State of Trends? I would just like to thank you, really, for the, for inviting us in. Yeah. And as I said, it was one of our genuine goals. So, yeah, yeah. time to make new goals. And thank you for thank everyone you. That, that tunes in and tunes, comes to our shows and follows us on wherever, all of the social medias. Just thank Can you call out your social media so we can find you? At GXD Music. That's it. GXD Musical Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything else? Everything. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you once again. Next time we're going to be back with a new State of Trance podcast with special guest then Laura de Dom. If you have any questions for her, drop them here in the comment section and we'll ask them. See you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in. To check full episodes of A State of Trance for free, simply visit ArminRadio.com. A State of Trance returns next week.